Football systems check. Microphone. Check. Record enabled. Kate. Check. Michelle. Check. All systems go. I repeat, all systems go. We got a problem. We got a problem. Copy. We have ball blast. I repeat, we have ball blast. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. You know, you're kind of the talk of the town. Oh, this is going to be good. Hi, Michelle Maju. And I'm Kate Maju. And we're married to each other. And this is the Ball Blast NFL Podcast. Each episode, we will feature the latest top news in the NFL and what it means for fantasy football, sports betting, and you, the NFL fan. Welcome into the Ball Blast Podcast. It is... NFL Draft Week. Happy Draft Week. And guess what? We got Aaron Rodgers news. Oh, my God. Finally. I feel like we've, I mean, we've been drinking every week, uh, taking a sip of our drink every time he's not been traded. But it's been so long that I feel like we need to take a drink so to celebrate. A cheers for Aaron Rodgers. A cheers for Aaron Rodgers. A cheers for the fact that, like, we don't have to hear about it anymore. Um, we, We finally got the official compensation it's a done deal and i don't have to think about it anymore yeah and both teams won right the jets didn't have to give up their first round pick this year well they did technically have to give it up but they just swapped and moved back two spots but the packers could still get a first rounder next year from them if aaron Rodgers just plays 65 percent of the snaps which they should do the condition was definitely crucial and i think that was probably like the biggest hold up here because Again, when you have a quarterback who's got nine toes out the door headed towards retirement at all times, you need a little bit of insurance. Like, you can't trade a first-round pick for a guy that has been contemplating retirement for each of the last two seasons. It's a liability. So So Garrett Wilson. Yeah. This is what it comes down to, right? Aaron Rodgers goes to the Jets. It's not like you're dying for Aaron Rodgers in fantasy next year, but, I mean, he's an option. He has really good pieces. You would expect him to get back on track next year, maybe not MVP form again, but he should do better than what he did in 2022 when he had really no weapons to utilize now he does Garrett Wilson do you project he's a top eight fantasy wide receiver next year higher or lower over or under is what I really meant to ask I mean I feel like that I I honestly wouldn't be surprised if it's under I I don't know why I'm not as psyched about this idea as I feel like I should be. Do you think Garrett Wilson will get at least 140 targets next year? No? Yeah, I I think he should. But again, you've got Alan Lazard who followed his wife. I know, Alan Lazard. I'm not, I don't like Alan Lazard, but I mean, Aaron Rodgers made that like a stipulation. Like he gave a list of, of receivers. Um, now that the, the trade is officially done, would you be surprised if Randall Cobb came in and stole 40 targets? Like, which again, like all of these guys stealing targets just adds up a little bit. But Lazard and Cobb were there in 2021 when Devonta Adams went berserk or like, so it's, you could still have a wide receiver one and then also have a bunch of like meh. Other guys that, yeah, it's not a hundred percent of the targets aren't going to go to Garrett Wilson. There will be other wide receivers who get some targets. It's just, you want 
you know, 25% of them to go to Garrett Wilson. And I think that could happen and it should happen. And hopefully I think the biggest question mark is how many touchdowns does he get? Does he score double digit touchdowns with Aaron Rodgers, or is it, you know, the jets offense and it's just not, not a ton of scoring, but you would hope Aaron Rodgers fixes that issue. You hope he fixes that issue, but like, Looking at the roster, it's actually kind of funny because, like, in your head, you feel like this is, like, a really much improved team. But so you have Aaron Rodgers. They added Brees Hall last year. They have Garrett Wilson. Outside of that, like, the depth is kind of, like, it's fine. Corey Davis, like, okay. If, if they keep he's him. Your, yeah, if he's your third wide receiver, that's all right. If they don't keep him, then it's Alan Lazard. Nicole Hardman, who hasn't really had any significant contributions as like even a side piece. So like, I don't know. It's an underwhelming offense in general, especially when you consider the fact like Brees Hall probably going to get off to a slow start for the season. Like I could see this offense sputtering maybe a little bit more than everybody's giving them credit for, but yeah, so, Garrett Wilson should be the guy. I so. mean, it, it gets, you know, you look down this list of the wide receivers and you say wide receiver eight, would you rather CD lamb or Garrett Wilson? I think that is a close question. I would prefer CD lamb personally. I think that is close. Would you rather Amon Ross St. Brown or Garrett Wilson? I'll take Amon Ross St. Brown. I would take Garrett Wilson. I do like Amon Ross, but I would take Garrett Wilson. Would you take Devonte Adams with Jimmy Garoppolo? You take Devontae Adams. Yeah. I Like, I, I feel like there's a tier break. Garrett Wilson's in that next tier for me. I feel like he's in a, a slightly higher tier for you. But than right after coming. Garrett Wilson. So right now, Garrett Wilson's ranked 10th for 2023 fantasy football. Now, we are in April. So a lot of things are going to change before we get to, you know, August when we're drafting our teams. But he, so he's ranked 10th. And I think everyone above him, you can say, okay. You know, like right above him is A.J. Brown, Amon Ra, Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs, CeeDee Lamb, and then the top guys. I think that's all That's all fine and dandy. But after him, Jalen Waddell, T. Higgins, Devonta Smith, Chris Olave, D.K. Metcalf, I am comfortable taking Garrett Wilson over all of those guys. I've, that's the tier that I feel like he belongs in. For me. So you don't have him as a wide receiver 8, but wide receiver 10, you're good with. I think that's fine. With, and he has upside to be way higher. So I think... I will have a lot of Garrett Wilson. I'm more excited than you are about it. His talent is just. I'm not remarkable. not excited. It's just, I don't know. I guess maybe I'm not excited. <laughs> <laughs> I think that I is what like, it is. But I'm, I'm surprised. I just like, do we know, like, was last season a total fluke for Aaron Rodgers? Maybe. Or was he getting old? And maybe. Was he injured? Yeah. But like. It reminds me of 2019 Tom Brady when he had no weapons with the Patriots and we're like, it's over for Brady. Like he just lost it. Dun, dun, dun. And he goes to the Buccaneers. It was nothing was over. It was just, he had no weapons. And then you get him weapons again and it was fine. So I think Aaron Rodgers, although I don't think he's going to win a Super Bowl, and I don't think he's going to like get to Is like, he going to win yet another MVP. Cause that's the, that could be the Listen, if he breaks through the Jets to the playoffs and has a good season, probably because oh, like that's God. pretty impressive. He's so annoying. Uh, he's plus 1,600 on FanDuel Sportsbook to win NFL MVP. Those aren't bad odds. 
I'd prefer Jalen Hurts at twelve hundred. Well, yeah, same, same, same. But that's not. I, I kind of like that. I'm never Ugh. rooting for Aaron Rodgers to win, but. Ugh. Ugh. Anyways, for today's episode, with us getting to the NFL draft, it starts this Thursday. So hopefully you're listening prior to that because we like to do a little something every year before the draft called the meat sweats. It's a little segment about talking about veteran players in the NFL. So guys Mm -hmm. that are already on teams that have been in the league for a while or even just been in the league for a year or whatever, but we're scared that they could lose their jobs on draft night. Like it's Mr. Steal your job. Yeah. Are we sitting there on Thursday and this player gets taken some highly respected, high prospect player and he gets taken and he's going to a team. Even Friday. Yeah. Or Friday. He's going to a team and stealing possibly the starting gig or some targets or carries from a player that you were really hoping that would do great in fantasy moving forward. And it kind of just like bust your bubble. So you're going to be sweating through that on draft night. You're going to be sweating through that, hoping that, that when, you know, the Packers come up and if you're a Christian Watson, big Stan, you're not going to want them to take a wide receiver in the first round, right? So that's kind of what we're getting into here. And I think the most obvious one to start with has to be Bijan Robinson. I've heard of that guy. So he's obviously going to be a first-round pick. He could go as high as top 10. He, he could go real early, and he's instantly going to destroy a running back's fantasy value because he's the starting running back whoever drafts him and he's going to easily get 250 uh touches and i think that's on the conservative side so he's completely stealing pretty much all the work from a backfield and there are some teams he could end up with where it's like okay that didn't really hurt anybody a fantasy value right like the eagles like yeah rashad penny could be something if he stayed healthy but no one's like actually depending on him and like you're not like dying for Rashad Penny to please keep his job because he's never done been much of anything or Washington, the commanders. I mean, Antonio, I think people are over the Antonio Gibson train and yeah, Brian Robinson's okay, but he's just a guy. So there are a really great story last year. And I think uh, like at large people just kind of grabbed onto that storyline and clung for dear life. Cause when you looked at like, the actual production. He did start to pick it up towards the end of the season, but like by and large, not all that overwhelming. Yeah. But there are some landing spots. Oh, they might screw up my fantasy team. They might shed a tear. And especially when we say screw up our fantasy teams, like, no, we haven't drafted for 2023 yet, but we play in dynasty leagues. And, you know, if you play in a dynasty league or if you play in a keeper league, you have these guys that you're kind of depending on for next year. And some of them might not be like these really top tier running backs, but definitely guys that you're considering, you know, they can definitely have an impact on your team next year. And, or if you're already thinking about the 2023 redraft season, like guys that you're eyeing later in drafts and just, you know, guys you're excited to see next year. So I think the very worst spot would be if Dallas traded up or he somehow falls to the Cowboys and the Cowboys take Bijan Robinson. Cause Tony Pollard right now, I will not be surprised if he is a late first round pick early second round pick next year in drafts. We're all very excited about him. But if Bijan Robinson 
goes to the Cowboys. That ruins it for him. It completely Ooh. destroys it. Now, Tony Pollard is a guy that would still get snaps, even if the Cowboys drafted B. John Robinson. It's just the snaps would be totally dwindled down from what we're expecting. And also, like, you're kind of hoping that maybe one of these days they're going to get, you know, Tony Pollard on a long-term deal. Like, he hasn't seen that touch volume that Zeke did, you know, to start his career. He's been the complimentary guy. Can he be the main guy? Because when we've seen him, uh, you know, receive volume, he's been super efficient. He's been very explosive. He's been electric. You love everything that you've seen about him. But, like, when you have B. Sean Robinson on the field, yeah, you're going to probably pass. Yeah, like, and around the goal line, that would be Bijan's role. And then also Bijan's a like good pass catcher. So it's just like Tony Pollard would still be involved, but his fantasy value would be impacted severely. So that's my number one spot that I do not want to happen because, and I'll be sweating that out. I don't think it will happen, but there have been like, you could see Dallas wanting that star that running is, back. It is the most Jerry Jones pick. And, like, and, you know, Bijan played for Texas, so Texas. You know, hometown Texas. boy. Yeah. Uh, that would just be the worst. Another another bad one that's been – I'm surprised people are mocking him to this team because I just – I don't see it. I don't see it. But the Patriots. Ramondre yeah. Stevenson looked really good last year when he was healthy, and he was a very good fantasy asset. Such a good running back, too, to have, especially as well with his PPR like uh, value, where he was just getting so many receptions. And I would like to see Ramondre Stevenson again lead this team. Also, Bijan, I would be scared of then drafting Bijan so high with the Patriots, because you just never know how Bill Belichick is going to use a running back. I don't see the Patriots drafting Bijan at all. But there are people who do, and I would hate that. And I definitely will be sweating out that pick because just take a wide receiver. You know, you're not hurting anybody then. Like, we don't expect you to be a 150-target guy. That's fine. Take a wide receiver. Let him get the targets. Don't don't ruin your backfield. Don't ruin your fantasy backfield no, for don't us. don't ruin my backfield. Yeah, don't ruin my backfield. I mean, yeah, like, this feels like – a very weird situation because I feel like I've seen the Patriots in mock drafts take every single position. <laughs> like there's not been a single position that they've passed up on in various mock drafts. Like it feels like there's no real consensus for this team, but like Ramondre Stevenson, he was so solid 801 yards after contact last year, ranked fifth in yards after contact per attempt among uh, any any player, uh, including quarterback, so hashtag Justin Fields, uh, actually takes the reins here in this category. But among any players that had at least 50 rush attempts, ranked fifth in yards after contact per attempt, just dominated in terms of his misforced tackles. He was explosive as a runner. Like, I feel like there are so many other needs here for the Patriots that why bother? Like, Bill Belichick is not a guy that's been, I think, overly enticed by flash. And, like, he's not Jerry Jones. Yeah. The he way did that take Jerry Sony Jones, Michelle in the first round. And I, yeah. Did I not end like up well. It did not end up well. So, like, these teams that have invested heavily in the running back position, it came back to bite them in the booty. I feel like it's going to make you think a little bit. Because, like, Sony Michelle, I think, felt like a – a relatively, you know, safe prospect, right? Like Bijan, of course, 
generational, but like fool me once, shame on me. I don't know. Like the Patriots just feel like they have too many other more pressing needs. What is the earliest that you think Bijan could go? Because there's a team that's sitting there at number nine overall, the Falcons. Tyler Algier looked good towards the end of the year, but he is no Bijan Robinson. That's 100% for sure. And Bijan is a way, way, way better receiving back, if also better running back. But would they have a lot of holes, especially in defense? But do they, they were a heavy run team last year. Do they, it seems like they're going to stick with Desmond Ritter for at least one more year. Do they get a, him that running back so that it just, you know, they just run, 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 run. I, uh, and it's Arthur Smith who did this with Derrick Henry. Like he had that running game going. He loved to run with Derrick Henry. Does he look for his next Derrick Henry? Uh, Vegas, when you look at the sports books, they have Bijan Robinson as like basically a coin flip. He's plus 100. Sorry, I said the ninth a, overall pick. I meant eighth. eighth yes. Um, he is plus 100 to be a top 10 pick in this year's draft, which again, essentially a coin flip at this point, if he's going to be drafted top 10, it is a hundred percent going to be Tyler Algier. Like he's been linked to the Falcons extensively, which I think is really kind of weird. Like again, with the depth at running back that this class has, like it feels like you could get another like top end defender. I get, you know, build up that side of the ball. Cause I mean, from a, a playmaker standpoint, okay. Desmond Ritter, again, not the sexiest pick at quarterback, but you've got Kyle Pitts. You've got Drake London. You've got Tyler Algier who had a fantastic rookie season. Like Bishan Robinson feels like a huge luxury at this point. And though I've been very vocal about, you know, feeling that this is a much improved roster from 2022 still feels like they have more pressing needs. And honestly, like Tyler Algier, he was a big, you know, yards after contact guy. He's a big bowling ball of a running back. I would think that it would make sense given the success they found with him that late in the draft, like pair him, even if it's like relatively early on with like a, a speedy flashy running back, like, Bijan moves like a guy much smaller than he is, but he doesn't have the speed of a Jameer Gibbs. He doesn't have the speed of a Devin A. Chain. Like, I think there are other ways to maybe complement what Tyler Algier does instead of kind of just canceling out entirely. I do think that Bijan could go 8, 9, 10, or 12. And I would not be surprised. So eight is to the Falcons. Nine is to the Bears. Justin Fields and Bijan in the same backfield. I don't know how defenses stop that. Now, that would stink for us Khalil Herbert fans and Deonta Foreman. You know, Deonta Foreman is not a terrible late-round pick for next year. And Khalil Herbert is one of those sneaky good picks as well. So that would hurt a backfield and two guys. Like the running back position for fantasy has been getting harder and harder as of late. And that would steal away two guys from our fantasy drafts. That would stink. I know you would be sweating that out with cool Herbert and bears probably need a wide receiver more than a running back, but I could see the bears being like, wow, how fun would it be? Justin Fields and Bijan? Like how do defenses stop that? I do not know. And then the Eagles at 10, they don't really have a running back again, like I said. And then you have the Texans at 12 Texans have so many needs that, 
taking a running back in the first round is probably super silly. But if they take a quarterback with the second overall pick, maybe they get him a running back that could take a huge part of the workload. Would your soul die with yes. Damian Pierce? Yes. Is this the number one spot you would not want to happen? Yes. Would you rather Tony Pollard's value die or Damian Pierce? Tony Pollard. <laughs> really? <laughs> so you'd rather save Damian Pierce than Tony Pollard? Yeah. Like if I'm on a, um, like a burning boat or not a burning boat, um, <laughs> a crashing boat. I don't know. A sinking boat, a sinking ship. Um, yeah, I'm probably going to save Damian Pierce. Um, wow. Just again, I, I love him. I love his play style. Like what he did after contact last year, he was so dominant. Nothing could bring this guy down. Like just, he could not be bothered to be tackled. He had no time for that. And the thing is, if the Texans draft Bijan Robinson, it's Bijan Robinson's team. That's it. Case, case closed. If the Cowboys draft Bijan Robinson, it could be a split backfield. At least in, just in 2023, it would be Bijan and Pollard, and I do think they would both be heavily involved, right? But Pierce would absolutely just his fantasy value would be niche. Well, Nothing. I think I think like similar to a Tyler Algier, like Damian Pierce and Tyler Algier feel too similar to Bijan. Like where okay, so if we have Bijan, we really don't need you. Like Bijan and Tony Pollard, very different running backs. Like very different elements of their game make them so unique. But like Tyler Algier, Damian Pierce, they're they're bigger running backs who thrive after contact and and can create plays with strength and that's what Bijan does. It feels redundant. So yeah, he's going to, but that's what Bijan does, but better. And then also exactly. can do all the other things better as well. No, I, I agree, but I'm just saying like it, it, that's what would hurt these guys so much is that Bijan is what makes them so special. And then some, is there any other team that you're sweating it out that Bijan ends up landing on that team? On Thursday night. Oh, it's. Oh, oh okay. I don't know. I don't know. So, it, it, I don't think there are any teams that have me like outrageously concerned just because of the fact that, you know, there, I think he's going to go early. He's now, um, you know, got minus odds to go in the top 12, right? Like he, he had previously been projected to fall out of that top 12. Now the rumors are starting to heat up. I do think he ends up going in that top 12. And there's only going to be so many teams that have either that specific draft capital that are going to be able to take him or, you know, are willing to pay the price that they're going to need to pay to trade up. Like, at this point, with the amount of hype that we're hearing, like, I don't think Jerry Jones is going to have the juice to actually make the move to trade up like there's no way that I see him falling to Dallas when they're they're that late in the first round like if he's I don't know you know uh, uh. yeah and I think after Bijan you can kind of like you're still gonna be sweating a little bit but it's gonna be more of like a light jog instead of a sprint 
about your players? Because I do think there's a massive drop off. I know people love Jameer Gibbs and he's a good prospect, but he's nothing like Bijan. Just because a team takes Jameer Gibbs, it doesn't mean he's going to get a huge workload right away. I mean, obviously, if they end up taking him in the first, the goal is to get him to have a pretty big workload. But I still think, like, he wouldn't take a veteran's job immediately. They still will have some fantasy value. But what he will do is steal a lot of snaps. Like, he's going to steal a good amount of snaps. And especially the passing down work. So those are the kind of running backs. Like, if you're excited about Rashad White for the Buccaneers next year, I think a guy like Jameer Gibbs would really ruin that. Like... That would put a big damper on being excited for him because, you know, White's big calling is, oh, he well, he was supposed to be such a good receiver. Last year was kind of up and down in that area. But Gibbs is a better running back, I feel like, or he will be a better running back than Rashad White is. So I do think a team like that, he could really hurt. I You know, I think, though, that, like, the type of running back that Jameer Gibbs is, like – if he was drafted into a situation, I'm not saying he would go this early, obviously, but like with a Falcons, like I could see Jameer Gibbs and Tyler Algier being a really interesting one, two punch because their games are so different. Yeah. And Jameer Gibbs, he brings like this speed element, almost the way that Ezekiel Elliott was like the bowling ball. And Tony Pollard was that electric change of pace guy who you didn't need to get a lot of touches, but like he could be super efficient with those touches. That I like Jameer Gibbs is a running back that I could see complimenting another guy and not necessarily taking away from the skill set of another starter or eliminating a starter from the offense. Like Jacksonville better not get stupid and draft a running back like Jameer Gibbs. I'm telling you right now, I will stop watching the draft. <laughs> I, I can't stop watching the draft because I'm working it, but that is a spot where I'm not going to have the meat sucks about it because it would be so ridiculously stupid for them to take a running back in the first round. But if that happens, I will be so mad because Travis Etienne is my dude. And what if, what if Seattle took Jameer Gibbs? <laughs> like, they just you have it. You have Kenneth Walk. It, like I mean, this feels like a luxury draft for the Seattle Seahawks. Like they really do. I think like they built you know a, a really solid draft in 2022. Like they found some I I think like underrated gems last year. They had Geno Smith. They brought him back. Like it feels like they've got a lot of key pieces. What if they say, hey, we we took Kenneth Walker. Super explosive, super electric. Let's pair him with a Jameer Gibbs who could be the the main receiving back. And, man, it's just going to be a one-two punch of Kenneth Walker, Jameer Gibbs, and then you've got DK Metcalf and Tyler. Like, that would be an actually insane offense. And, yeah, I don't know. Like, they have the 20th overall pick. Say that was, like, their plan. And – Maybe there are some people that that want to trade into that spot. Crazier things have happened. They have. Let's move into the wide receiver position. Some wide receivers will be sweating it out for. Now, I am not one of these people, but there are a lot of people out there, a lot of fantasy players that love Christian Watson. So I put him down here as a guy that I think a lot of people will be sweating over because 
is this the one year the Packers finally take a wide receiver in the first round now that Aaron Rodgers has gone just to throw it in his face, like just to spit in his face. They're like, oh, see, now now we'll take one. They have the 13th overall pick. So there is a chance that the number one wide receiver is still on the board. Jackson Smith, the Jigba, if that's their guy, that would be my guy at number one for wide receivers. If they were to take Jackson Smith and the Jigba or Quentin Johnson or Jordan Addison or Zay Flowers, would all of these guys, especially JSN, they would be the number one target, right, on the Packers over Christian Watson? I think JSN, yes. Jordan Addison, probably. Zay Flowers, maybe. Quinton Johnston, I think, is – a really interesting prospect. He's very big. He's fast. And like he, but he doesn't have like as solid hands, which I think Christian Watson could still stand to use some improvement for. So I think I lean towards one of these guys that I just look at as a little bit more refined than Christian or than Quentin Johnston, who I think just maybe has, you know, a, a relatively high ceiling because of his size and athleticism. But like, is there anyone value at wide receiver that will move more after this draft? Like if the Packers don't take a wide receiver in the first or second round, how much does Christian Watson's value move up? And then if they do end up taking a guy here in the first round, how much does his value move down? Like, I feel like his Fantasy. His value feels very dependent yeah, on, on the draft. So if you're high on him, this is a guy definitely would be sweating it out. It could end up being huge in your favor. Like it could go great or it could go real bad. Well, interestingly, regarding Christian uh, Christian Watson and the Packers wide receiver situation, they are currently, as of the time of this recording, Tuesday evening, they are currently the odds favorite to draft Jackson Smith and Jigba. The Packers? Yes, which is hilarious. I like it. I cannot tell you how funny it would be to me <laughs> if, after years of pounding the table for a wide receiver in the first round, the Packers finally pull the trigger once he's gone. Like, I cannot impress upon you how funny that will be. Now, what would be interesting is let's say the Packers don't go Jackson Smith and the Jigba, right? Say they either go a different position or they take a different wide receiver. The Jets have a pick, two picks out of the Packers at 15. Now, they don't need a wide receiver because they have Garrett Wilson and Corey Davis and Alan Lazard. But there has been rumors that Corey Davis could be released or traded. Do they just – they know that Aaron Rodgers wants a loaded team, right? Yep. And they know that the Packers never gave Aaron Rodgers that first-round wide receiver to – what do they do in the first round this year immediately for Aaron Rodgers to make him happy draft a wide receiver in the first round to show them they are serious. I mean, it doesn't really matter because he's already there, but if they were to take Jackson Smith, the Jigba, do I cry? <laughs> like what is the over under of me crying for Garrett Wilson? Uh, smash <laughs> now, the over. Listen, Garrett Wilson, I think would still be the wide receiver one in this offense. I still think he would be plenty good for fantasy, but that puts a huge damper on him if they were to go wide receiver in the first round because what we were talking about before where I was saying he should get at least 140 targets, 25% of the offense. 
I don't think he would if they took a guy like Jackson Smith, the Jigba, which by the way, Garrett Wilson and Jackson Smith, the Jigba has already played in the same offense. And JSN was the better wide receiver when they played together. I don't think that's how it's going to work in the NFL. I think Garrett Wilson's the better wide receiver, but that would, that would make me shed a tear possibly. Uh, I'm going to be sweating that one. You out. can't, yeah, you can't Jets, even get the a, sentence out. Jets, just take it off. It's a lineman, please. Well, Perhaps one of the more interesting rumors that is started, like, I mean, this is the most insane week. Like, you can't believe literally anything you hear, but as of Tuesday evening, there was a report that the Eagles are making a late push on potentially drafting JSN, which I feel like that would probably, like, we talk about Bijan Robinson being like, okay, it, you know, he's not really going to wreck the value of a Rashad Penny. JSN in this offense with AJ Brown, Devonta Smith, and Dallas Goddard, boy, suddenly that those targets for all of those players incredibly diluted. Yeah. Sky is the limit for Jalen Hurts. Oh, but- it'd be so great for Jalen Hurts. I will say it would mess up some things because last year we were able to get production out of AJ Brown, Devonta Smith, and Dallas Goddard because those were the only three guys that saw a single goddamn target in that offense. Like mm-hmm. it was those three guys. They were the big, they were called the big three, and that was it. If you add in JSN, who should be getting at least a hundred targets in his rookie season, no matter what team he goes to. I thought you said eight hundred. I was like, agree, <laughs> but damn. Uh, no, at least one hundred, which is not a ton. 90 to 100, even in a, a loaded offense. Like, yeah, that is going to mess with some things. I don't think that happens. I think they'd be better off taking a Bijan. I think that I know Jackson Smith, the Jigba, and adding a wide receiver three, and that would just be sick. But I don't know how defenses stop A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith on the outside and then also have to worry about Bijan Robinson and Jalen Hurts running the ball. Like, yeah, I that- think. I think Bijan as a pick and Bijan could keep Jalen hurts healthier because you can run with him more often than what you were able yeah. to do with the other running backs. So I, that would be insane to me if they went wide receiver at pick number 10 overall, but maybe crazier things have happened. Um, and one more wide receiver I wanted to bring up. I don't know if you have anybody Traylon Burks. Now I'm not going to be sweating about him personally. I really like Traylon Burks for this coming up season. I did not like him as a rookie, but for some reason, moving on to his second season, I think I think there's hope there, and I, I like his value. I'm not worried and sweating about it, not because I don't think the Titans won't take a wide receiver in the first round. It's that I think if they do, it really only helps Burks. Like, I don't think it'd be that big of a deal. Yeah, I. so the interesting thing about Traylon Burks and – Again, interested to see sort of what they do with Traylon Burks moving forward. But when he was in college, like the most success he found at Arkansas was playing out of the slot. Like majority of his career there at Arkansas played out of the slot, transitioned to the NFL where he only saw 20% of snaps from the slot. And we did, I mean, he had a, a decline in production, like wasn't, um, fully healthy all season. Like it was his rookie season. You can't take that, you know, out of the equation, but overall, like when he was on the field, it was, it was fine, but he didn't necessarily turn heads, um, finished the year 444 receiving yards, two touchdowns, um, just was, he was fine. Um, you know, even in terms of his efficiency, there wasn't 
a big producer, I would love to see what you would do if you transition him back to the slot and I don't know, get a guy that, you know, can maybe play on the outside. And I think Jordan Addison in this offense would be great. He can be the possession receiver. Burks is a he can be a big play dude. Like he doesn't need 150 targets to be good for fantasy. 110, 120, he will be very fantasy relevant at that point because he has the yards after catch ability. He has the force miss tackles ability. Like he can make a big play happen at any given moment. He had nearly I, a pass a perfect passer rating when he was targeted out of the slot in his final season at Arkansas. Like just because he's a big wide receiver, like what he's like six, I think six foot two twenty five. Like just because he's a big dude, doesn't necessarily mean he can't play the slot. Yeah, like, he can at times legitimately look like a running ball with the or running <laughs> a running back with the ball in his hands after the catch. Like, and you know, putting him in the slot where you can create those mismatches, like that can be a good place for him. So I would love to see, you know, this, this coaching staff put him in a situation and maybe play out of that slot more, see what they can do. And if they draft another wide receiver to play on the outside, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's an issue. They need more playmakers. Is there any wide receiver I missed here that we'll be sweating it out on Thursday night? I went through it and I like wide receivers, one of those situations where I think a lot of teams, you know, the top guy would be good or Wide receiver two would be just fine if their team added a wide receiver. Like the the way the NFL is moving nowadays, there's enough for multiple guys in every offense. It's so pass like these schemes are so pass heavy that it it feels really easy to project. Just matters how high you are yeah. on them, right? Like so, I'm so high in Garrett Wilson. That's why I'm adding another wide receiver would you know make me sad. If you're not as high on someone, then adding another guy wouldn't be the worst thing ever. I see you looking up Mike Williams right now. Are you worried the the Chargers could take someone and hurt Mike Williams a little bit or would it hurt Keenan Allen? So, I mean, that's like, that's the interesting thing. I, I was looking Everyone's at Everyone's saying that there's such a big need for the Chargers, right? A wide receiver. Yes. And you would think like, is it with them having both Keenan Allen and Mike Williams? But so, I mean, looking at their ages, right? Like it, in a Mike Williams has not been perfectly healthy. We finally saw Keenan Allen struggle with some health last season. Like if you want to get your quarterback a bunch of weapons and maybe if you want to consider some cheaper options, you could get him this big extension that he's probably getting. Like, maybe this is the time to draft a wide receiver in the first round. You have a, a receiver on their rookie contract, as I, opposed to some of these more expensive veteran deals. And there have been plenty of, of you know, I, I think players that could be an interesting fit. I think I mocked um, in my mock draft that I posted on Twitter today. Pretty sure I sent Zay Flowers to the Chargers, uh, unless I'm totally just making that up. Um Maybe. Oh, no, no. You you sent Tank Dell to the Chargers. Mm-hmm. I sent Zay Flowers. So we both did, in our mock drafts posted on Twitter today, we both mocked a wide receiver. So are you not concerned? I Now that I look at their contracts, I am a little bit because both of them. Now, 2023, they are both going to be there, right? But in 2024, the Cap hit for Keenan Allen is $34 million, right? And he's going to be 32 years old. 
Mike Williams cap hit is $32 million in 2024. He's going to be 30 years old. Both of them. Now, I, I think out of these, maybe keep Mike. Like, I think they can only move forward with one of these guys in 2024 because they can cut either one and save a good $20 million. More than that, that you save $23 million if you cut Keenan Allen next year at age 32. So, yeah, I, I do think maybe they have to start planning. You have that third wide receiver to help out, like just to make a stacked offense in 2023 with Justin Herbert and just have fun with it. And then the next year you're like, all right, one of you guys going to go because you can't put 60, $66 million cap hit on two wide receivers. No. And like two older wide receivers who, again, like Mike Williams, his biggest and problem. Neither of them can health. stay healthy. Yeah. I, I think that's probably the one offense that I do think there's some room for, you know, displacement, but maybe not necessarily in 2023. Like, yeah, I wouldn't have them make sweats about it for 2023 because I still think this year, even if they add someone like Mike Williams and Keenan Allen are those dudes. Like they're going to be the top two targets in the offense. And then, you know, the the guy who gets drafted will have great opportunity when one of them gets hurt because one of them will always get hurt. That's for sure. And last year, both of them were hurt. So there could be a great – I love Tank Dell there just because I think him in the slot with Mike Williams and Keenan Allen would be freaking amazing for 2023 and tank dell like one of my he's so favorite. tiny he's like five what is he five ten 165 no, i'm pretty sure he's five eight and a half something i think he's five ten 165 um one interesting like tidbit on the chargers what if they drafted one of these tight ends who like this has been a great this is a great tight end class um i, I think uh, right now, Dalton Kincaid feels like the consensus tight end one. He might be gone by the point of them drafting, I think, 21 overall. But what if they took, like, a Michael Mayer who – Oh, my God, he is only 5'8". Tink Dell is only 5'8". Yeah. Ooh, 5'8", 165. I thought he was 5'10". 5 But, eight. again, like, over the last two seasons, they're – like, Tank Dell has been 5'8 this entire time. And over the last two seasons, there has not been – a wide receiver in college football that has been more productive. Yeah, he's he's a fun one. Uh, and you're talking about the Chargers taking tight end. Do we care about Gerald Everett? Are we sweating about Gerald Everett? No, I'm not sweating. Not but I was I was just pointing out the fact that like maybe at tight end, even or maybe at that 21st overall pick, if they're not in love with any of these wide receivers, maybe they make a move at tight end. Because again, Gerald Everett, meh. Donald yeah. Parham Jr. Yeah. I think that's but, something we'll be rooting for instead of sweating about. Like, please take yes. a tight end. Like, that'd and, be great. And if a tight end goes to the Chargers, that's a huge win. Yeah. And that's going to be a tight end that's bumped up in my rankings regardless. Uh, one tight end that we could uh, – there's only one, right? You can go through all the tight ends in this league. Like, the Ravens aren't going to replace Mark Andrews. The Chiefs, even if they were to draft a tight end, it's too – like have there for when Travis Kelsey does finally retire. Who else is even good? I mean, besides those guys, right? Uh, do you, like the Vikings aren't going to draft someone now that they have TJ Hawkinson. So I'm not worried about any of the top guys. I would say once you get to Evan Ingram though, now I don't think the Jaguars are looking for a tight end in the first round because of the report saying that they're trending towards a long-term deal with Evan Ingram. But if that doesn't get done before the draft and they don't feel like it's going to happen, like they, they think he's asking for too much, clearly they want a tight end, right? Because they're trying to sign Evan Ingram long-term. 
if they're just like, screw it. And Dalton Kincaid falls to them at pick 2024, 20, do they just switch up, switch it up and say, okay, we're going to go with Dalton Kincaid and we're not going to pay Evan Ingram. He can play on the franchise tag this year. We have two good tight ends. Dalton Kincaid can be a rookie tight end learn, and he should be really set to go and be fantastic in year two. That would, that would kill Evan Ingram's fantasy value. He might be okay in 2023, but still Dalton Kincaid would get plenty of snaps and targets for dynasty. And then that would kill him in dynasty would definitely kill him. And then also I like, I just think Jacksonville is the one spot for Evan Ingram to have fantasy value with Doug Peterson or, or hear me out, hear me out. Okay. So idea NFL, are you listening? The Jaguars let Evan Ingram play on his franchise tag. They draft Dalton Kincaid. Next year, Evan Ingram goes to the Chiefs, and he and Travis Kelsey retires. He, he and... prepares to be the heir to Travis Kelsey. Okay, maybe. Maybe you heard it here first folks <laughs> evan ingram is the next travis That's kelsey the only one i'd be sweating about for tight end is if you have high hopes for evan ingram then i think he's the one starter that's good for fantasy that could be hurt in this draft and it's like they i mean by the time you're listening to this maybe they already have a long-term deal like i'm not saying that can't happen because those are the reports they're trying to make it happen but if it's not moving towards that who knows if uh, uh, one of the top tight ends falls to them, Michael Mayer, or Dalton Kincaid, they could switch it up and go with one of them. And here's the thing about the tight end position. Like it takes a little bit of time for these tight. End, like we, we don't usually see immediate production, especially as receivers from young rookie tight ends. Like it just doesn't happen very often. Kyle Pitts was literally a unicorn. Like that's, they call him the unicorn, and that is why, because he does stuff like that. Like, he produces 1,000-yard receiving seasons, like, out of the blue. But, like, that doesn't ever happen. And so, like, when you're talking about these rookie tight ends coming in and, and giving you the meat sweats, you're not going to have the meat sweats nearly as often because you know the odds, theoretically, just because of the nature of the position, because of what's asked of these tight ends early on and in terms of – learning blocking schemes and receiving schemes. Like there's, there's a whole learning curve for these guys that I think is enormous. And when you compare that, I like it, there's just not as much of an immediate threat. I don't think for most tight ends, one last meat sweat. We're going all the way back to running backs here for a second. I forgot about this one. Uh, the Broncos came out to say the GM said something along the lines of, um, that if the best player available when they're drafting ends up being a running back, they aren't against taking one. So that could mean the best player available while they're sitting there with their first pick in the second round, or actually, I don't even think they have a pick to the third round, but uh, it, it could be third round. It could be fifth round. It could be sixth round. Like we don't know what that quote means. Right. But Javante Williams is dealing with a significantly leg injury, knee injury. And also in that same interview, the GM said he's going to be back at some point during the season, but he doesn't know when. So that doesn't really sound like he's coming back to start the season. Could the Broncos take a running back, even in the mid rounds that you are like, damn, that sucks. And you start to get worried about Javante Williams. Roshan Johnson. And I do think that they have a pick in a range that might be considered a leap for Roshan Johnson running back out of Texas 
backup to Bijan Robinson, but is one of these bigger backs who can play through contact is super tough. Like, you know, I think relatively unproven, but again, because he was playing behind Bijan Robinson, the Broncos have picks at 67 and 68 back to back feels like a really interesting range. Again, might be reaching per NFL terms, but again, I think when you're getting a guy with a low touch total with a physical composition like Roshan Johnson has with the the abilities after contact that Roshan Johnson has, like that would make me that would have have my attention. Yeah. I Javante Williams was such a fun idea last offseason. Like you could just see it. You're like, he's such a good prospect. He's finally gonna get this backfield to himself. And it, I mean, even before when he was healthy, it was looking very disappointing for him he just wasn't getting the work he should get he wasn't getting the targets he should get and then he tears his ACL and it was a bad tear too so I I do if they start looking towards a running back and I I agree with you if it was Roshan Johnson that one would make me get some sweat sets for sure it's his birthday today it's happy birthday birthday, today happy birthday Javante Williams he turns 23 today okay oh so very young but he was drafted in the second round, so he does have, like, draft capital to back him up. But he'll be going into his third season. You have, you know, I'm going to guess his third season is probably going to be mostly a wash. This team doesn't have, like, he's not drafted in the first round. He doesn't have a fifth-year option they can pick up. Like, um, eh. meh. Meh. All right, that's it for the meat sweats. But before we close out today's show, we're going to get spicy. I want to predict one big trade that will happen in the NFL during the NFL draft this year. I'm not talking pick trades. I'm talking about a veteran player gets traded on night one, right? We, we saw it twice last year. AJ Brown goes to the Eagles. Marquise Brown goes to the Cardinals. Complete surprises, right? We didn't hear anything about these two guys being traded before that night. And... You know, it could happen again this year. So what is your one prediction? Who gets traded? Michelle, I think you should go first because mine's a bombshell. And yours is not a day one draft night trade. It could be. No. So my my prediction is Brandon Ayuk, 49ers wide receiver, still super young. He's headed into his fourth year. Very productive when he gets the targets, but he's in an offense that is absolutely loaded, that doesn't throw a whole ton. It doesn't really necessarily need him. And they might not be able to pay him because they're already paying Debo Samuel and George Kittle and Christian McCaffrey. So instead of you know losing him in free agency or not being able to pay him or dealing with the whole franchise tag thing, I think they end up trading him for a first-round pick, and he goes to the Patriots, pick number 14. If Jackson Smith, the Jigba is gone, I think the Patriots are going to be looking for a veteran that can fill their wide receiver one role. Someone they already know is good. And I, I think that could be a Brandon Ayuk. So that's my guess. That's my prediction. He gets traded. Now the 49ers might have to throw in one of their late third rounders, maybe like just to give the Patriots something back with Brandon Ayuk. But that's my prediction. I mean, they've got plenty of them. They've got three picks uh, between 99 and 102. So they have some some – late third round draft capital to play with. No, just like hear me out here. Mm-hmm. 
and it, they're not going to be trading their first round pick. They w- so like technically you're right day two, but I'm just saying it could happen before day two. Derrick Henry traded to the Cincinnati Bengals. Okay. And Joe Mixon goes bye bye, and we welcome Derrick Henry with open arms. Uh, Joe Mixon as a post June first cut saves the team ten million dollars in cap savings. Derrick Henry happens to be owed $10.5 million this year. Cap hit decreases significantly in the couple years to follow here. So as you're offering Joe Burrow that big, nice, monster, cushy extension, uh, you should have a little bit of flexibility. But, like, this team with a newly extended T. Higgins, with Jamar Chase on a rookie deal, with Joe Burrow on a rookie deal, you just got Orlando Brown Jr. Like, let's – Go all in and grab Derrick Henry because with the touches on his body and with his age, there's not a ton of draft capital required. And I do think he's worth the $10.5 million this season. Like, So what pick do you think they'd have to give up? They're, so they have picked they have, 60 they have picked in the 16. second round. I, I don't. Derrick Henry's not going for a first round. He's too old. Nope. Um, but I could see them maybe pairing like – pick 60 with another couple late rounders. Like I don't, I don't think it's going to cost all that much to be honest. I think it's going to cost just trade Joe Mixon for uh Derek Henry straight up. Please be my guest. <laughs> uh, I, I don't see that happening. I think I see mine before yours, but I don't hate it. I'm just, it would make a lot of sense. Would it not make sense for the Cincinnati Bengals to pick up the phone? Yeah, it definitely would make sense. And if I I'm the Bengals, I would certainly give up my second round pick for Derrick Henry. I mean, yeah, I would as well. And I feel like, that's or do they cost. just give up their second round pick and move up to take Bijan Robinson? And yeah. now I guess you're giving up your first and second at that point. But Bijan Robinson and the Bengals offense would be interesting. Things I'd love to see, but probably will never happen. I mean, I would not love to see that as a Steelers fan. No. That would suck. But it'd be fun to watch. It'd be fun to watch. (laughs) It would be fun to watch. All right. That's it for our show. Uh, We love the NFL draft. So hopefully you'll be watching it with us. We'll be tweeting during it. So make sure to follow us. We'll give all of our reactions to picks. I'm sure we'll be freaking out with the rest of y'all. You can hit me up on Twitter. I'm Michelle at BallBlastEm. BallBlastEm. And you can follow me, Kate, at Kate Bye, y'all. Bye.